Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. I'm taking advantage of what might be the last of the nicest days of this year by doing this outside. Isn't it lovely today? I mean, look at it, it's gorgeous. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. What today's session is, is it's going to be a 50 minute row. Okay, so we've been gradually working up five minutes extra every week in the 10k plan. Don't worry, you don't have to be on the 10k plan to enjoy this row. But we're up to 50 minutes and then we're going to break this down into five 10 minute chunks. So we're going to roll this straight 50 minutes, but we're going to do 10 minutes at 18 strokes a minute and then 10 minutes at 20, 10 minutes at 18, 10 minutes at 20, and then 10 minutes at 18 again, just to break it up and make it a bit more interesting than doing a straight 50 minute row. Pace wise, well, this is going to be down to kind of what your fitness is like, how well you think you're going to achieve a straight 50 minute row. The 18 strokes a minute, I'm going to put between 2k plus 20 to 24. If you think you've got it in you to be at that plus 20, then by all means go through for at that pace when you're doing your 18 strokes a minute. If you think this is going to be a bit of a struggle, then sit on the back end of it. And for the 20 strokes a minute, I've given you the same range again. So it's either 2k plus 18 up to 2k plus 22, okay? So if you're at all wary about this, sit on the back end of it, okay? Remember, this is session two. This is meant to be that kind of fitness building, lower heart rate workout. If you go too hard on this, especially over 50 minutes, you're gonna end up shifting the intensity emphasis of this and you're gonna put it closer towards that mid-tier, which isn't gonna be that beneficial for you in terms of your energy because you'll just have done a mid-tier in session one. You'll then push this one too hard and then you'll be facing into a top tier in session three, which can completely deplete your energy stores. All right, lecture over. So let's get into our four minute warm up. Now, as always, we start off by setting up the machine. Go to your drag factor first on the concept two, set that where you want it to be. If you don't know what drag factor is or whereabouts to set it, then do check out the video I have on this YouTube channel. Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you're not having to look up and you're not looking down. And finally, set the foot stretcher height so that you can get forwards to the front of the machine comfortably with your shins pointing vertically. If they're too low, then you'll go flying past. If they're too high, chances are you might not quite get the flexibility to get forwards. So as a kind of rule of thumb, put the straps so that they cover the balls of your feet and then you can adjust from there just to, for your own comfort, all right? So our four minute warm up, we're gonna do this at 18 strokes a minute and our initial pace is just gonna be enough of a push that you can feel the connection to the handle while we work on the timing for around about a minute, okay? Sunglasses on, of course. Here we go then, in three, two, one, let's go. So, 18 strokes a minute is nice and slow. Gives you a chance to work on that timing. So you push with your legs into the machine. And the point is, is that you want to instantly connect the handle to whatever causes your machine to move, whether you're on Concept 2 or a magnetic machine or water roar or whatever. The point is the same. Is that that power from your legs you want to go into the machine instantly. Goes up through your body, through your arms, and into the handle instantly. If you push too soon, your backside flies away from you. Whoosh. If you pull too soon, you'll feel your elbows bending way too soon before you can get that leg power in. And once you've got used to this timing, then you can start thinking about adding in just a little bit more pace, maybe get close to 2K plus 20 pace. But because today's session's a long, slow one, anyway, you don't have to worry that much. And if you don't know what I mean by 2K pace, then here goes really quickly. <laughs> Row a two kilometer time trial, divide the resulting time by four. That gives you your average time to cover 500 meters over your best 2k right now that is your 2k training pace so if you did it in 8 minutes 20 your average is 2 minutes and 5 seconds so when I say row at 2k plus 20 you take that 2 minutes 5 add 20 seconds and row at 2 minutes 25 per 500 meter pace Whew. did it right Take one foot out, put it on the ground. Carry on rowing. This should help with your flexibility and compression into the front of the machine. But try not to do something weird like rotating your hips 
or over leaning or something you want to try and keep hello Mr B you want to try and keep your technique as good as possible with only one foot in swap feet all these little things just break down your stroke as a warm-up as a way to make sure that your flexibility is just kind of getting in there you're a bit looser you can think about that push from each of your legs do you have an imbalance all that kind of jazz one more here and both feet in legs straight and just roll with your back and arms now recently because I've just been coming out straight from the office into the garden this is the one that really tells me my lower back is not loose at all so I really need to do this part of the warm-up just remember pick up the force of the flywheel with your back first and then pull in your arms and then out with your arms rock back over your hips again one more let's slide to the front of the machine arms straight forward lean and just press out from the front not too hard because the point here is to hold this forward lean in straight arms so you're used to just pushing out from the front getting that timing right and that sensation of driving out with your legs with straight arms that so many people lose right, one more ta-da there we go warm up done like I say not that intensive warm up anyway because today's session is just going to be long and slow but you still need to warm up to loosen off so have a quick drink keep on move, moving up and down the rail if you want and I'll explain one more time what it is we're doing today okay then so today's session is a 50 minute row with no rests but we're breaking it into 10 minute chunks anyway doing it at 18 20 18 20 18 strokes per minute the 18 strokes a minute are going to be between 2k plus 20 to 24 and the 20 strokes a minute are going to be between 2k plus 18 to 22 where you sit in that pace guide is really down to what you think your fitness is going to be like in order to complete a 50 minute row I'm going to sit in the middle of it so I'm not even going to do the 2k plus 20 and 2k plus 18 the faster side of it I'm going to sit right in the middle partly because I'm rowing outside in the sunshine but also because I don't want to tip this into a mid-tier effort which I kind of figure 50 minutes too hard is gonna do okay so that's why I where I'm gonna be pacing it so it's 50 minutes non-stop unless if you really need to stop and take a drink stop and take a drink okay there's no point you suffering through this dehydrating yourself and feeling awful at the end okay in a race situation sure you want to push through it but in training or you in training you don't need to so start off with a good old drink now Oh, the flies are out or wasp or whatever it was yeah I mean, like I say if you have to stop during the row stop during the row not for too long I'm not talking about going to make yourself a cup of tea or something that'd be silly but if you need to stop for a quick swig and do all right sun's gone in oh, I'm putting sunglasses on anyway here we go then in three two one let's go so we're starting off 18 strokes per minute 2k plus 20 to 24 pace so I'm kind of wanting to see round about 2k plus 21 22 of course this is going to feel very slow but trust me if even if you were just to hold this pace over 50 minutes by the time you are done with that 50 minutes you're gonna be on the correct end of a good sloggy sweaty workout don't let the first 15 strokes of a workout define the rest of it and yeah sure you can go faster for some of them and then slow down for the other ones but I'm a great believer in consistency hang on sunglasses off it's too dark for the time being great believer in consistency 
whether that's just how often you train during a week or how your training sessions are actually executed that so much of what I try and profess to you in these sessions is about the ability to kind of grind in that consistency either in technique or how it feels so that you can always come back and kind of load up the data banks let's call it that go into your Mr. Potato Head open them up and pull out what it feels like to row a long sloggy piece at 18 strokes a minute what the pace should feel like what the intensity should feel like and things and so if you are doing a session like this and constantly juggling the paces that you are doing the same stroke rate at you kind of lose that consistency and I know, I know, I know, I know session one had you rowing hello Mr Butterfly <laughs> session one had you rowing 24 strokes a minute at 2k plus 12 followed by 24 strokes a minute at 2k plus 5 but that wasn't about big long grinding consistency that was about taking yourself into hardship on those 2k plus 5 sections so don't worry I'm not making it up as I go along so all I'm saying is remember you've got 50 minutes worth of rowing ahead of you and just pace yourself for it that you know what your body can handle while keeping this you're really want, wanting to make sure that right now it feels like a 5 out of 10 effort and it may increase as you work through this row so by the end as your fitness starts to wane or if your fitness starts to wane it could rise up to an 8 out of 10 effort or if you're super fit and like to Donald that's been doing so many half marathons this is going to be a walk in the park for him so maybe for him the effort starts at 5 out of 10 maybe by the end it's only gone up to 6 out of 10 tell you what let's quickly now we're 5 minutes in and hopefully nice and warm let's quickly do our technique recap which is always important especially with 50 minutes worth of rowing you want to make sure and do it and be grinding in a good technique not kind of reinforcing a bad technique so let's recap technique and then I'll quickly just explain this RPE the rate of perceived effort scale a tiny bit better than I just did oh the sun coming out just in time for technique chat right glasses on right so technique there's a reason that I do tend to top load all of my rows nowadays 
we'll chat about technique. Partly because I never know when maybe this is your first ever. Row along with me. So I don't want to assume that you've heard me talk about technique 250 times in other videos. But also, it's really well worth just thinking about what your body positions are like, where the potential power leaks can be coming from, things that bad habits can kind of derail a good stroke. And so it's just good to assess how things are and then move on. Then every now and then just paying a little bit of attention to your technique again, just to make sure as the row goes on and fatigue sometimes sets in, that you know that fatigue isn't causing power leaks or potential injury issues. So, the point of the rowing stroke is to get as much power into the machine as you want to put in efficiently and safely. And by safely, I mean where there's little chance of potentially injuring yourself as possible. And so there's a kind of basic description of the rowing stroke that covers all three of those. And that's what I tend to talk about in this part of a row if not actually follow myself. I talk a good game, but I do have a few power leaks myself that, especially when I'm too busy talking to you, I get distracted and those leaks work their way back into my stroke again. Most notably, a bit of a butt scoot where my backside escapes from underneath me and my hands finishing in a kind of a bunny position with my elbows too low or at least wrists too high. Don't worry, I'm just flanneling until we get to our first changeover in 10 seconds. Two more strokes. One more. Here we go. 20 strokes per minute. Increase your pace by two seconds. So whatever you had set as your pace in that opening 10 minutes, we'll just spend the rest of the workout going two seconds faster and then returning to that pace two seconds faster then return to that pace and then we'll all be done hey that was quick <laughs> so how do you get power into the machine well Around about 60% of it comes from your legs as you push the machine away from you. Come on. Well, I skipped a stroke there. I returned to 18. Sorry if I did. Back up to 20 again. Anyway, yeah, back on track. Oops. So 60% of your power comes from a push 
with your legs. Push. And then run about 25, let's see. 25% comes from your back swinging over your hips, adding in your basically the mass of your upper body swinging generates more force and then finally that last 15% comes from your arm pull so if you have been rowing your entire time thinking that all of the power comes from pulling on the handle hopefully today will be the end of that way of thinking so that's how the power comes in but how do you do that efficiently and safely well that's all down to what your body position the angles your body is in as you put in the power as you finish the stroke and as you recover to the front of the machine again one thing to always think about is that your back should pivot forwards over your hips to a forward lean at the front of the machine as you're looking at me that's into only about one o'clock on the clock face no 11 o'clock <laughs> what are you saying idiot so you lean in by one hour and then at the back of the machine you only go as far back as the opposite lean so from 11 to 1 or if you're used to thinking about this from the other side from 1 to 11 if you over lean at either end you are risking power leaks which reduces your efficiency especially at the front of the machine and then if you lean back too far at the back of the machine you're risking injury mostly to your abs and your intercostals because of the force of having to slow down your momentum at that overreached stage and then pulling yourself forwards again with your stomach muscles but also going back to efficiency you need to look at your leg drive and making sure a maximum amount of force that you want to put in is actually going into the machine so by maximum that's why I was talking about sliding as far as shins vertical as you come forwards any further forwards can sometimes be a waste and cause a power leak but if you can't even get into that shins vertical position here then you're not giving yourself 
the full amount of leg drive that you could be. And if that's the case, there's three things to look at. First one is your foot stretcher height, like I discussed in the warm up. If it's set too high, it can kind of bind you up and make it so you're not quite able to compress properly at the front of the machine. Could also be literally that you have reduced flexibility in your ankles and hip flexors, in which case jump online, read about how to improve ankle and hip flexor flexibility. But it can also be your posture. Now that's really important. So ideally, that lean forwards, the front of the machine, is done by tilting over your hips while up on your sit bones, okay? So your hips should be tilted forwards, shoulders past your hips, and you should really feel that you're up on your sit bones rather than sitting on the meaty part of your backside. If you imagine you were rowing in a pair of jeans and then think about your posture. If your hips are rolled back and your tailbone tucked underneath you, then it'll feel almost as though you're sitting on the back pockets of your jeans. That if you had a phone in your back pocket, you'd have smashed it by now. So if you've got a good posture up on your sit bones, your body angle actually helps get those shins vertical. Whereas if your tailbone is tucked under, it's really hard to get into that position that you want to get into. Okay? So that's one of the dangers with poor posture. It's literally, you can't get your body into its efficient angles. I'll come to other reasons it's bad later. Okay, three strokes. One more. And then let's slow it down. 18 strokes a minute. And two seconds slower. Back to the pace that you started this row off today. Now, like I said, if you are really thirsty at this stage, feel free to slow down, maybe row with one arm. So you can just row like this, grab your water bottle, Take a drink, continue. So I only lost one stroke of power there because I've got the timing right. Of course, lost a little bit of pace. But here we go, I'm back up at plus 22 again, or 21, 22. So, Forward lean, shins vertical, good posture. And then the last vital ingredient in a 
efficient power transfer oh sun swoosh is to make sure that your arms are straight okay so as you come forwards nice straight arms not tense not rigid you should have nice loose shoulders but straight and then as far as your head is concerned just look at the monitor right in front of you neutral chin so you're not looking up you're not looking down you're just looking straight forwards and then it's time to push your feet into the machine push and really think about pushing the machine away from you rather than pushing yourself backwards or pulling on the handle if you can think about pushing the machine away two things happen well overall one thing happens but you will more likely hold that forward lean as you push the machine away and you will keep your arms straight as you push the machine away and if you can hold that forward lean and arms straight that is how the power from your legs efficiently gets into the machine without your back or arms fighting against that power which if you bend your arms too early you're suddenly wrenching against that leg power with your biceps and shoulders or if you swing your back too soon which is often done by looking up as you drive so if you go too soon and you've missed that backswing by going back too soon then not only are you missing a vital 25% of available power that could be going into the machine as you swing over your back but suddenly that leg drive isn't effortlessly surging up through your body and into the machine it's going right through your lower back right down at your lumbar L2 area and there's a good chance you're going to end up injured when you start really laying in the power trying to put in full force or a row like this you'll be doing close to what 450 500 strokes so even at the weaker end of the power doing 400 strokes and sending that force to your lower back can really end up giving your sore back and quite a lot of the time when people complain about rowing giving them a sore back it's either down to swinging the back too soon and putting all that force into their lumbar or it's posture related remember I said about coming towards the front of the machine with your tailbone tucked under it doesn't just cause issues with vertical shins 
but it can also cause injury. Well, that's why. Because if you come in like this and try and drive all the power when you're already leaning backwards with your tailbone underneath you, that's a double whammy into your lower back. In terms of the power from your stroke going right through your L2 instead of just up through your hips and into the machine. So trust me, really try to work on that good posture in the forward lean and then hold it as you push with your feet. So that's how to initiate the drive with your legs. Then when they're about halfway through, that's when you finally swing over your back to add in that power from your upper body mass swinging from forwards to backwards. And right after you've started that backswing, that's when you finally pull in those arms to a finish. Squeezing your shoulder blades together, finishing with a handle, run about sternum height. And this is where my issue comes in. Ideally, you want to keep your wrists flat as you send your elbows through your sides. And for so long, I've had a stroke where I've had no flare out of my elbows that I've ended up with kind of bunny hands where I'm like this. Whereas a slight outwards flare of your elbows will keep your wrists flat and make sure that those lat muscles are properly engaged as you come into a finish. But if you flare out too much, go out sideways, suddenly it's all in your delts and your biceps, which are nowhere near as powerful as your lats. And so, if you finish with chicken wings like that, you could get injured. So when you're starting off, just think about wrists flat with maybe a small flare. Okay, three, two, one. Let's get up to 20 and let's hold it this time, John. So two seconds faster. Again though, if you aren't getting those wrists flat, there's a good chance it's down to poor posture. That again. So if you collapse your lower back at the back of the stroke, everything just crumples into itself. So my two main things at the back of the stroke are about holding my posture and trying to think about wrists coming through nice and flat and both feed into each other because they're a result of the other one. But then last thing to say about the drive phase is your legs. We've only really talked about them in the beginning and to halfway. And for the full stroke, you want to make sure your legs 
actually come down. Don't lock out your knees, but make sure the full length of your legs has gone in to that leg drive. Don't kind of hover short, collapse your posture, and then recover in a really odd way. Let the length of your legs dictate how you get through the stroke. And if you have problems with that, then think about pointing your toes towards the front of the machine as you get towards the back of the stroke. And that will stop you from yanking your feet against the foot straps in order to stop your body mid-stroke or to compensate for poor posture. So just point your toes towards the front of the machine. Try to keep your feet connected to the foot plate. Again, I have to concentrate here on my toes not coming up, which is an interesting sign. And the reason you don't want to yank your feet against the foot straps is because by doing so, your hips roll back and your tailbone tucks under you, ruining that posture. Which means either you're gonna end up returning to the front of the machine with that tailbone tucked under ruined posture, or you're gonna somehow get into this position where you start off in that bad posture, but then somehow manufacture a roll over your hips to get back into that forward lean again. Like this. So you go, wait. Hey. Which, as entertaining as it looks, causes potential injury, of course, and it will really play with your ability to row at a higher stroke rate because you don't have the fluid movement through your body to be able to drive and recover quickly and efficiently. And it must be said, even demonstrating that, what, four times? The feeling of my sit bones grinding over my glutes as I did that roll from backwards to forwards. Oh, it hangs around. It's not the nicest sensation. And again, if you complain about a sore backside when you're rowing, chances are that's what's going on, is that you are yanking your feet against the foot straps, which tucks your tailbone under you, squashing your glutes with your sit bones and then as you take the next stroke you squash them and roll over them again and again just imagine kneading some dough when making bread if you tuck those that tailbone underneath you rolling your sit bones over your glutes 
That's exactly what you're doing. You're grinding and smashing apart the fibers in your glute muscles, which is why most seat pads have a hole cut in them for your sit bones to poke through. So what they're doing is they're alleviating the symptoms of poor technique, but they're not fixing the cause. And therefore, you're still rowing with poor posture, therefore an inefficient stroke, and you're likely to cause yourself injury. So my advice is if you get a sore backside when you row, think about your posture and what's happening with your sit bones. And if you do want some kind of padding, just put a folded towel on the seat for the time being while you're working your posture and then once you feel you sorted the issue hopefully you can remove the towel and a combination of fixing your technique and just time spent rowing will hopefully have you in a better place without needing to spend money on a seat pad which again I used to have one but apart from the fact I feel it caused more pain than it fixed I also got rid of it because I realized I was going to the gym and really missing the comfort of my seat pad and I really just didn't want to start carrying the seat pad around with me everywhere what would be worse is if I flew to let's say Canada 2023 Open Indoor Rowing World Championships that's what my next goal is but Imagine I got on the plane and I'd forgotten my seat pad. I'd be completely thrown and I almost guarantee I'd completely blow my race as a result. Same reason I don't wear shoes. I don't want to have a lucky pair of shoes. Although there's also, I feel I get better connection or sensational connection without shoes okay one more stroke and let's slow down to 18 strokes a minute for our final 10 minutes of today's row I know I'm starting to use these longer rows as a way to really slow down and unpack technique but really I've said before I'm imagining that when you're rowing along with me my words are almost like white noise just to keep you company keep you going so when I call out rate changes and stuff, you know when to do them. And the rest of the chat is just there to keep you almost distracted through a longer row. And then every now and then, you'll hear me say something about technique and you'll think, oh yeah, technique. I better think about mine and it might just happen that 
what I'm talking about at the time is what you need to concentrate on. But like I said at the start, it's also because who knows whether you've heard about how I talk about technique before, how I describe it. So maybe there's a couple of nuggets in here that you can properly take away with you. Like the recovery. We talked about the drive phase, but you had to get to the front of the machine as well. And your posture at the back is definitely part of that. So still sit bones connected to the machine. But then your body has a natural bounce to it with your arms as you pull them in. So you pull them in, your body just wants to send them straight back out again. At pretty much the pace you brought them in at. So if you can think about going in out with a nice rhythm, in out, and then get your arms back into a straight, relaxed position again, then that will trigger that forward rock over your hips. Whoosh! Without you really having to think about it, because your posture is in the right place for that arm bounce to trigger that forward lean, okay? And then want your arms to be nice and relaxed, like a zombie. Fingers hooked over the handle, not in a death grip. You're not trying to choke a zombie to death. And then by the time your hands are past your knees, your body will have rocked forwards into the correct position so that all you have to do is push with your legs. Once you get to the front, oh no wait, I'm next to step. All you have to do, rewind that. All you have to do is bend your knees to effortlessly slide towards the front of the machine in the correct position without having to lean anymore or straighten your arms anymore. And then that's you at the front of the machine in the right position to then push with your legs in that forward lean and straight arms. <laughs> so there we go, 40 minutes later. That's my quick <laughs> description of the rowing stroke. So, how are you feeling in terms of effort level? Like I said at the beginning, the point is to start this row off at about 5 out of 10, increase to about 6 out of 10 for the 20 strokes a minute, and then hold those two paces as you go through the workout. If you are fit, you'll probably have kind of settled in to run about 6 out of 10 for the whole workout. If this is the first time that you've ever been on a machine non-stop for 50 minutes, there's a chance you got up to nine out of 10. But the point of this training program is that you hold the pace, not the effort. Remember, for the RPE scale that I describe it anyway, one out of 10 is sitting on the couch, watching TV, 
with a bag of monster munch in your hands and a nice non-alcoholic beer next to you. Shout out to Guinness who've just launched an percent. Looking forward to trying that. Thanks Sandy for telling me. Uh, but then you get up to two, three, four, which is when you're kind of walking around the house. Fours maybe climbing stairs. But then five out of 10, that's how we started today's row. A little bit of a push of the legs. Heart rate goes up a bit. Breathing goes up a bit. But overall, you can still hold a conversation. I mean, look at me. I've not shut up for the past 47 and a half minutes. And then it just gets a little bit harder for six out of 10. Then once you reach seven and eight out of 10, this is when your heart rate starts to climb and breathing gets a lot heavier and it's tougher to talk. And you tend to need to push just a little bit more with the legs to hold the pace. Got no worries that you can't complete a session, but it's certainly harder work, which is why the mid-tier intensities I call hard. And then nine and 10 out of 10 is when things get really spicy. You've spilt a bottle of Nando's hot sauce all over your workout. Heart rate starts to really rise, getting close, if not at maximum, certainly over 90% of maximum. And talking becomes grunts rather than words. <clears throat> and you're pretty much gasping for air to try and fuel your muscles and get rid of the carbon dioxide. And at this stage, you're really just putting everything into it in order to get to the end. And you're often fighting what we call demons that are telling you you can't. And it's easy to give in to those demons, but don't. Most of the time, a top tier workout, which is gonna be next up in the 10K plan, they're usually based on intervals. So you get to work out, then have a rest, and then do it again, have a rest, do it again. Or it's like a 2K test, which you just put in maximum effort, fall off the machine, fly on the floor. One more stroke and we're done. Now, for me, that 50 minutes flew by. For my neighbours, probably not. They're probably like, God, is he ever going to shut up? How long is he rowing for today? Bad news, folks, we've got another two minutes to come for a cool down. Whew. So, he should be out of breath. He should certainly be wanting a drink. But as long as you pace that one sensibly, you should actually be able to go, I can keep on rowing. I can do a 500 meter time trial now. And that's the point of this workout. So getting more time into your legs at that lower intensity to build your engine. Today's session is taking you from a one liter bottom of the, of the range, 1970s Austin Mini. That's what you had at the start of today's workout. And now you've ascended to like a 1.3 liter proper Mini. Not quite Cooper. The Mini Cooper's when you're going for a sprint. But you get what I mean is that you've just given yourself a stronger engine that can last better now because of that 50 minutes that you just kept it sensibly at. You kept everything's now oiled and 
efficiently moving, everything can power into action. So that when you do in session three, you need to go fast. Your engine's ready for it. You can flick the, what do they call it in Fast and Furious? The, the nose, is that what it is? Put in, he put in some nars. Yeah, nars, man. You put in some nars. Okay. Shall we just shut up and do a two minute cool down? Let's do that. So let's keep it at 18 strokes a minute and pick a pace which feels comfortable to then let you glide into a stop. Okay, so it might still be at the same pace you were just rowing at, then maybe towards 2k plus 30 as we get to the end of this two minutes. In three, two, one, go. It's right about now I start to think, I do hope the camera's still running. <laughs> Problem with, I use a Panasonic GH5 camera. No, figure me, I use a Panasonic GH5 camera to film my sessions. <laughs> but usually proper cameras have like a wee red light in the front flashing red light known as a tally to let you know that the camera's running in most cases camera operators will turn that off because <laughs> there's nothing quite like a flashing red light when you're filming a contributor to make them look like they're a deer in the headlights and they suddenly clam up because they know they're being that that red light's on and that it's going. Anyway, I don't have that option. There isn't a red flashy light on the Panasonic GH5, so I don't know. And even if I was to film this on my iPhone, which I sometimes do, because that allows for exposure changes, which today's camera didn't. Even the iPhone doesn't have a red flashy light on the front there's ways around this but I just put faith into the camera but it must be said 50 minutes into a row this has happened before see when you I go back to review it and either the camera's shut off halfway or something's happened to my little Tascam audio recorder and it's messed up the sound oh man the only time I've enjoyed that happening was last year doing the was it 70 minute row when I did it at my mum's house as a way to say goodbye to her house after she passed away oh. hello plane there you go that's me done with my cool down as some folks land from their holidays <laughs> uh, use this time as I waffle away to you at the end here to do some stretching or pack up your machine or whatever don't just turn off because you never know there might be a nugget of information here um, right now in fact there is a nugget of information this is going to be pointless in about a month's time but right now it's the concept 2 fall team challenge so from set september 15th to october 15th 2021 is the fall team challenge and the point is to that team members just row as many meters as they can log it for their team and then there's a team standings and you see how far up you get. And it can, they do suggest like a goal of, can you manage hundred kilometers over that 30 day period or even 200 kilometers? And you get a little certificate at the end, woohoo. Now, not that I'm here fishing for, for supporters and stuff, but if you have a concept too, and you don't have a logbook account and you're not part of a team, then why not go to log.concept2.com, fill in your details, set your team to row along, then go into edit profile, set your affiliation to row along, and then go to the teams page and it'll say, join the challenge. And that's it, you can add your meters to team row along and that's how you can help. Remember, I don't ask you for any money. You don't pay a dime or a penny or a cent or whatever uh, in order to take part in these training sessions. So why not just give me your meters? Hey, there we go. You can give me your meters and that's all you do. But don't worry if you're not in a Concept2 and you're on a water rower or you're on something else, that's fine. Just only if you're part of Concept2 and you have some free currency, some free meters to spare, then why not just throw them the row along way? <laughs> I feel dirty even saying that. <laughs> I'm just so not about the Twitter and, and I mean, I'll talk about the Facebook page, but that's mostly just so I can hear from you. But I'm just the, hey, hey, hit me up in the socials. Make sure to hashtag roll on. Hey, do this, hey, and like selling merch at you. Nah, oh man, that just makes me feel. I mean, as I've said before, I've got a Patreon account and nobody knows about it because I don't talk about it apart from in this kind of apologetic, oh, I have a, it's ter terribly British of me. That yes, I have a Patreon account, but I'm not going to tell you about it, okay? It exists, but I'm not going to tell you I have it because it'd be awful of me to actually ask anybody for money because ultimately I just want to roll with you. I don't want to make money out of you. Um, 
If you want to support and you, fi and you find the Row Along Patreon account, then obviously I'm going to welcome it because I'll pay for the hosting costs and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, again, that GH5 camera wasn't the cheapest thing in the world. But if you don't want it, then don't. I mean, this is here for free. I don't do this to, to get money out of you. And I'm not going to actually ask. I'm never going to say to, to you, please support me by giving whatever. I just watch the YouTube videos. That's it. That's enough. That gives me, every time you watch a video, I think I get like 1p advertising revenue. And that's enough. Just watch the YouTube videos. That's how you give back. Subscribe, watch, tell your friends, get the viewing numbers up. And that's how you help. Plus, give me your meters for the full team challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I'm sure if I was a little bit more business orientated, I'd be wringing every single penny I could out of this. I get emails from people saying, hey, why don't you monetize your account? Uh, online learning is the best place to make your fortunes now. Do you think about winning the lottery? Then you could be making money by selling your stuff online. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. Oi, Mr. B, maybe, is it him? That... Anyway, that's not, I know I could. I, listen, I know I could probably make a little bit of money and whatever at this, but I don't want to. So, well, obviously I want to make money. I just don't want to wring money out of you. The, my niche in this market, as niche as it is, is that I don't pump you for money, that I don't... Uh, I'm going to shut up because it's now getting a little bit uh, weird talking about it over and over again. So, I hope you uh, enjoyed today's session. This was session two of the 10K plan in week five, if you are interested in checking out the 10K plan. There's a playlist for it, and it has well, obviously in week five so far, so you've got all those rows so far. Session three is up to the max top tier um, workout, so let's look forward to that one together. Or if you're not doing the 10K plan, you just felt like a 50 minute row and you're still putting up with me, then hey, um, then I'll see you in another video. So last thing is a uh, hashtag, what did we really talk about today? Um, it, well, effort. I know it's, it's a little bit. Oh, there's my phone, I better go. Oh no, I'm not. Um, I'm gonna hang up on them in fact. Oh, that was an important work call, that'd be embarrassing. Um, yeah, hashtag, let's just have this effort because of the RPE stuff. So if you made it this far through the video, and, you, and seriously, I mean, I would have turned off ages ago by now, then if you leave me a comment, just have hashtag effort so that I know that you made it this far. But as another plane comes, obviously I'm right under a flight path, you can tell, can't you? Um, I'll say goodbye. So I will see you in the next video, whatever one that will be. Please take care of yourselves, stay safe, be well. Bye-bye.